They smile in your face all the time. They want to take your place. The Backstabbers. Backstabbers by the OJs was a hit in 1972. What a powerful song. And I know this is a surprising way to start a podcast. And it may be kind of grim, but actually it pairs well with tonight's topic, What's in a Smile? Good evening and welcome to the Destiny New Image Ministry podcast series. This is Robin Thornhill. And tonight we're talking about what's in a smile. Uh, more importantly, what's behind a smile. I'm going to discuss this topic using two acrostics, and I've separated the word smile into two categories. I describe a positive sni- a smile and a negative smile. We're going to start off with some bitter tea tonight. Probably we'll call it oolong, and it's about a negative smile because I did promise you some tea and you're going to get plenty of it. So go get your Bible, go get your notepad and your pen, and let's begin. The first letter of the word smile is S, and S is for sin. The second letter M is for mischief. The third letter I is for idolatry. The third letter, the fourth letter L is for lies, and the fifth letter E is for evil. First, let's come up with a definition of sin, and I decided to use the classical definition of St. Augustine that describes sin as a word, a deed, or desire in opposition to the eternal law of God. The scripture I'm going to use to give an example of sin is in Genesis 3, verses 1 through 5, and this is the NIV version or translation. And this is a very familiar story. It's describing or talking about the fall in the Garden of Eden. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. You will certainly, you will not certainly die, the servant said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now, let me suggest and use a little creative license here to say, with my imagination, the serpent, I see the serpent appearing in the garden, wearing a big old seductive, deceptive smile. Now, Bible scholars, I do not have a scripture saying the devil was smiling, but I've experienced, like most of us have, a deceptive smile many times. So real talk, what is a deceptive smile? It's the kind of smile that you use that's really fake when you want to get that promotion. When you want the boss to think, oh, you're just the best thing. I deserve to be a supervisor, not just a secretary. Oh, it's the smile that we may use if we're a minister, but we want to be an elder. We're an assistant, but we want to be an associate. Or it's a fake smile that we use with some of our friends to make them think, we really like you or we really like that. When real talk or real tea, you're thinking, you need to just dry up and die. Now, that sounds very harsh, but it's real and it's wrong and it's a sin. Next letter, M, is for mischief. Please turn to Proverbs 6, verse 18. The Bible describes mischief as a heart 
that devises wicked purposes, feet that are swift in running to mischief. Now that's the a American Standard Version. And let's look at a scripture that talks about mischief. And it's in 2 Samuel 11, verses 1 through 12. I'm just going to touch on some key points in the different passages to keep this moving along. And it's, again, another familiar story. In the spring of the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, but David remained in Jerusalem. One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of his palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful. The men said, she's Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. So David sent messengers to get her. She came to him. He slept with her. Then she went back home. The woman conceived and sent word to David saying, I'm pregnant. So David sent this word to Joab. Send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent him to David. David asked Joab uh, how he was, how the soldiers were, how the war was going. And then David said to Uriah, go down to your house, wash your feet. So Uriah left the palace and was sent after, a gift was sent after him. But Uriah slept at the entrance to the palace with all his master's servants and did not go down to his house. David was told Uriah did not go home. So he asked Uriah. Haven't you just come from a military campaign? Why didn't you go home? Uriah said to David, How could I go to my house and eat and drink and make love to my wife? As surely as you live, I will not do such a thing. Then David said to him, Stay here one more day, and tomorrow I will send you back. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem, and at David's invitation, he ate and drank with him. David made him drunk. But in the evening, Uriah went out to sleep on his mat among his master's servants. He did not go home. In the morning, David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it with Uriah. In it, he wrote, put Uriah out in front where the fighting is fiercest. Then withdraw from him so he will be struck down and die. Wow. That's deep. I'm going to use some more creativity here and, and submit that when David was talking with Uriah and hanging with him and they're drinking, he had big old smiles on his face. All the while, he was trying to get Uriah to go sleep with his own wife because David, in fact, had impregnated his wife. It was a great cover-up scheme. So I, again, Bible scholars do not have a passage that said David was smiling, but we know for sure and we can conclude this scenario as described included a great deal of mischief and wicked purposes. Next letter, I is for idolatry. I'm using a New Testament reference, Colossians 3, verse 5, NIV. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. So does idolatry, brothers and sisters, cover anything that we put above God, against God's values, which could mean persons, places, things, behaviors, thoughts, actions? I say yes. So let's ask ourselves this question. 
Do we use a smile to get what we want, even if it means that what we want is in polar opposite to what God wants for us? Does it mean that the crooked smile that you're using or we're using, I'm going to put myself in here too, means I'm greedy and you got money and I want some of it. Or maybe that crooked smile is meaning to seduce and confuse. It might mean I really don't want you. I just want your body. Or does that fake smile mean I'm smiling at you, pastor, but it doesn't really mean I support your vision. I'm just trying to secure my place in the inner circle. We need to ask ourselves a question. What is behind the smile? In 1971, the Temptations also released a song, Smiling Faces Sometimes. The song goes like this, smiling faces, smiling faces, sometimes they don't tell the truth. Smiling faces, smiling faces tell lies, and I got proof. The truth is in the eye because the eyes don't lie, amen. Remember, a smile is just a frown turned upside down my friend. All right. Speaks for itself. The next letter L is for lies. Let's look at Proverbs 12 verse 22 and Psalm verse five. I mean, chapter five, verse six. Verse 12, Proverbs 12, 22, the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. Friends, once people have discovered that you're lying to them, you're breaking a trust. And it is very difficult to believe after that. I cannot tell you how many couples Melvin and I have counseled that there was not transparency. There was some lying going on. It took a long time to help that relationship come to restoration because a trust was broken. Psalms 5 verse 6. You destroy those who tell lies. The bloodthirsty and deceitful you, Lord, detest. We certainly, brothers and sisters, do not want to be detested by the Lord. So we should not tell lies. So if our smile is really a big old fat lie on our face, it looks like we're saying, oh, yes, thumbs up, kudos, good job. But in the heart, the heart is saying, oh, no, thumbs down. And you know, that's a hot mess. That's a lie. And it's simple. How do you stop it? You just don't lie. You tell the truth. The final E is for evil. There are many examples of evil in the Bible. Let's just look at Genesis 2.17. You must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's where it all began. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. God gave humans the ability to choose. They chose wrongly. We're still dealing with that today because sin entered the world and so did judgment. And that judgment covered everything from the people to the serpent. One last scripture, Psalms 50, 19, NIV, about evil. You use your mouth for evil and harness your tongue to deceit. So brothers and sisters, let's make sure our smiles and our words Do not enter into a corrupt alliance to do harm, but let's embrace Romans 12, 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Let me give you a short example of how I put this into practice. Many years ago, 
a trusted coworker did something very evil behind the scenes. It was very covert, and I actually discovered it by accident. Fast forward 15 years. The young man was uh, came into my office. I was in a position to hire him. He could not even look me in the eye because he knew that he had done something really mean years ago. And so this deed loomed large in his life. I had forgotten it. I had forgiven him because I've learned you got to forgive quickly to keep yourself in the right place, keep your heart right. And I wasn't going to let a singular moment in time get me off course because I was working on something. I was on a mission and continue to be. So I treated him fairly, but I, I, I could tell that he expected to be treated the way he deserved to be treated. So we have to be careful because that evil, that crooked smile, that fake smile is going to come back and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be real bitter when it comes back. So that's it for the bitter tea. I hope you enjoyed it. And please know that I did it with love because the bitter tea is medicinal and it will help you if you let it help you. Most medicinal teas are bitter, but they're good for you. So now in the last few moments, let's shift over to some sweet Southern style tea or some mint julep on the porch or in the yard. But this will be very sweet and loving. And this is the positive acrostic for the word smile. And the first S is for sincere. I'm going to ask you a series of questions that you can answer. Is the smile honest and sincere? M is for ministering. Is the smile ministering? Is it encouraging? Because, see, this might be the only smile this person sees today. We have to keep that in mind. I is for intimate. Is the smile inviting? Is it intimate? Does it ask someone to respond in like uh, kindness? In other words, does this smile make the person feel like they've been noticed and validated? L is, is the smile loving? Does it show love and compassion? Real talk, it's got to be the God kind of love too, because that's the only kind of love that will transcend our personal feelings that can be presented with an unconditional love and without bias. Because truth be told, and again, real talk, there are a whole lot of folks that we have to use agape love for because we surely find it hard to love, I'm not going to say the person, but the personality. Hallelujah. So we realize that when we use agape love, it really becomes a weapon or a tool in our image arsenal. And that's what all these podcasts are about, the image of Christ. Finally, the E. E is for empathetic. Does this smile say, I empathize? I may not understand your particular pain, but I can understand a need for help and support. And I'm here to listen. I am willing to support you in ways that I can best support. Empathy, another very powerful tool. So that's the good smile. And that is the, the end of this session. The scripture I'm using for all of the positive letters in this word is Philippians 4, 8. And this is the King James Version because I like how it reads. Finally, brethren and sisters, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. 
If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. So if our minds are positioned on honest things and just things and pure things, things of a good report, praiseworthy and virtuous things, then our smiles will truly reflect the contents of our hearts. That's it. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed the tea time with me. And I just admonish you to keep listening. And But thank you, first of all, for listening to the end, all the way to the end. And thank you for using the power of your godly, sincere smile. Keep on listening to us. We're here every Friday at 8 p.m. Let me give you a quick closing prayer. Lord, help us to shine with our smiles. Help us to be true reflections of you and your image because we truly want to demonstrate your beauty and holiness in the earth. And thank you, as always, for hearing this prayer. We'll see you next week. Melvin's going to return with a continuation of the Incredible Encounters, the Mirror Image series. Like us on the website, www.destinynewimage.com. Share your comments. We will um, host and post them in a later podcast. And you'll be blessed. You know why? Because you already are. Good night.